top-down view of what's going on in there, out there, I should say, with uh, all of this uncertainty, rising rates and potential slowing growth. Peter Esho from Wealthy is joining us here in studio. Hey, Peter. Hey, how you doing? Nice Good to, to see, see you. you. Thank you. Uh, look, yesterday, what did you make of a lot of that price action? So the ASX fell below that 7,000 level. Then, uh, you know, you saw the buyers move in. And, and, and I suppose just you talk about it from a, a broader perspective because there was a lot of uh, real fear out there. There's a lot of fear and you know when US markets have significant moves and you see that across the board and the sectors that have been holding everything up particularly tech when that starts to break and you start hearing about you know layoffs and job losses I think it creates this mood that we've been talking about now for a few months within our own team that every time central banks increase rates they're going to break the economy that growth story that's that's already priced in is going to come under risk and so what we feel is that there's a bit of a consensus building that hang on you know maybe the growth outlook isn't as good as uh, what some projections are and maybe central banks are going to find it very difficult to continue increasing rates yeah the federal reserves key one here of course we've got more than 300 basis points of hikes that are priced into the fed funds rate curve and that's on top of the expected uh, quantitative timing is going to kick off at the start of next month where does it leave? Because that's going to go and cause a lot of headaches. What's been a world that's been structured towards very, very low rates. Well, David, you know this better than I do, given you, you know your economic background and how closely you watch industrial commodities and, and and everything else around that. I think there's a lot of confusion in markets, and you know people like me come on and, and talk about what's happened. But really, the way we're thinking is that rates have been ultra low for very long, and now that's changing, and things are going to break. And we can sit here and, and, and pinpoint things that we think will break. But the way I like to think about it is the world is very different today than it was in 2008. You know, when Lehman's collapsed, uh, it was they were a little bit too late to the party, but they got together and they provided support to the financial system. This time, you not only have more leverage, but you have a new class of assets that are cryptocurrencies, for example. There's more and more layers of uncertainty. So the way that we used to analyze and look at things 10 or 15 or 20 years ago um, that's changing and I think the risk is in the unknown and as an investor you have to look at your portfolio and say there are things that will happen that I don't know will happen they'll come out of thin air but I need to protect myself and there's a little bit of a sense that we might be in a market now where something completely unknown will come and throw everyone off so that's essentially contagion and you're surmising that it could stop uh, the world's central bank in its tracks at some point. So if you're talking about protection, mm. what are you talking about across asset classes? <laughs> well, the best protection is having cash. Uh, I know it's been a dirty word for a long time because it gives you no return, but at least it preserves your, your capital. So I think it's time we start becoming a little bit more comfortable with the dirty word of cash and bringing, you know, increasing our cash holdings. Uh, diversity uh, is, is a strategy, but unfortunately, the way everything's intertwined now, um, we saw last week, for example, all asset classes selling off, including bonds. And so I think it's about knowing the vulnerabilities in your portfolio. Take te uh, UST, uh, for example, which is a stable coin on Terra's network. And stable yeah. coins are seen as like, you know, having cash in a bank, but they're not because yesterday it went from par value to 40% below par. So things will break. And you want to have some cash on the sidelines so when things do break, as an investor, you can exploit that opportunity. 
How do you see the property market in this kind of environment? Because we've got high inflation, which is generally a positive, but then that's accompanied by interest rate increases. And we do have some pockets of the household sector in particular that are quite leveraged. How do you play property in this market? Well, we're very fortunate because we have uh, a large real estate investment business and we see a lot of people come through that and we capture a lot of data and have a lot of conversations. So what we're seeing at the moment live in market is there is still intent out there from investors to go and buy real estate. However, budget capacities have come back maybe 25, 30%. So instead of people looking at 800,000, for example, they're now looking at 600,000 or 500,000. So the bottom end of the market is still very hot. And you've also got developers at the same time who are very important because Australia is a growing economy and we need an increase of housing supply. They are shivering in fear because their cost base and the cost of manufacturing a new home has gone up. And so I think you're going to still have a very, very strong pricing environment at the low end, mm. but the vulnerability is owner-occupied. Mill, two mill, three mill, people that have over-leveraged in the East Coast, owner-occupiers, they're starting to look very shaky. Are you seeing a lot of investor interest returning to the market? Yes, Nadine, because unemployment is still very, very low. People are still working. And for a large segment of Australians, they don't want to go into the stock market for whatever reason. They might think that they have enough exposure through their super fund um, and they want real estate. We have a culture of people wanting that. So investors are still there and they want to put their money to work, but they're now scared of over leveraging. And maybe, you know, six months or 12 months ago where it was just buy, you know, just get into the market. Now there's more caution. So price points are coming back. Mm -hmm. um, Peter, I know that you think about this stuff a lot. Uh, if you could think, you know, what, what asset class is most vulnerable right now? I mean, you mentioned crypto, you mentioned mm. stable coins. It's fascinating to watch. I keep going down these rabbit holes, you know, uh, and, and you, you realize that it's so true, trust me, um, because you realize you think you understand it and then you realize you don't. And Tara was just a, you know, mind blowing for me yesterday in particular. I mean, wh where do you see, like, what are you worried about? So I'll give you the flip side where I feel more comfortable, okay. right? Okay. And then I'd avoid <laughs> the things that aren't giving me comfort. We're in a rising inflation environment. Things are getting more expensive and there are going to be some very good businesses that benefit from that. If you're selling something, if you're selling a service or a product or providing some type of utility, that's great because as inflation rises, your revenue should rise. So if you've got pricing power, if you're a supermarket, if you're a strong business, if you're a Macquarie Bank, for example, where you have pricing power and the ability to benefit from inflation going up, you're in a very good position. So there, there are still some very, very nice sectors of the economy. Residential real estate, if you've got if you're in the low end and you're in a major metropolitan city, rents are going up, you've got pricing power. They're the things that are nice. But commercial real estate, for example, we spoke about pubs in the previous mm -hmm. segment. It's been a flood of interest in, but how, how secure are those earning streams? How reliant is that pub market based on cheap debt? What happens when debt markets change or if there's a policy change? So. I like things that have pricing power. Um, cryptocurrencies are completely speculative. You have a little bit there if you want to, but you definitely don't want to overexpose. And I'll go back and say that the dirty word has been cash. Let's make it clean and let's embrace it because that gives you optionality when markets correct.